Satan has all kind of tools. Watch this. It doesn't make any difference which tool he uses. Because right now the dark cloud is descending upon this speaker. When I look out in that abyss, I don't know what I see. Our patriotic movement will overcome this terrible deception. Welcome and thank you for joining me for another installment of Imagine If You Will here on God's Gospel Radio Ministry. I am your host, Billy Ray Parrish, inviting you to Imagine If You Will. Our topic of discussion today is the coronavirus. This is nothing new and I for one am sick and tired of hearing about the virus, but I want to discuss it for a different reason than what most others do. The panic is real among most in the corporate media, and sadly, far too many of my fellow Americans are falling for this salesman trick. Yes, the virus is real, but it is just a virus. According to the numbers from the CDC, or Center for Disease Control, the death rate is about as deadly as the common flu. Yes, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, of people die each year from the flu bug, but when was the last time someone did not shake your hand because of the flu? When was the last time someone did not come around you because they were afraid of catching the flu? I get it. This virus does impact those with health conditions and the elderly. And if you are elderly with health conditions, you should take precautions. That I get completely. My pasture has an autoimmune disease my parents both have health problems, including COPD. There are many older people that I know who probably should be more cautious, but there is nothing that suggests that our life should be completely put on hold or rearranged other than we are being told to. Deception is real in this program. For this program, we look at the deception surrounding the virus. In previous programs, we have touched on the virus a bit, but never truly building on it. Honestly, I did not want to do a program on the virus. Everyone else is, it seems, but it's just a virus. It's one of those things that comes and goes like so many others. Personally, I am sick and tired of hearing about it, let alone talking about it. I'm not saying not to be careful because you should be careful with all things especially with something that could harm or kill you. This is why you do not play with fire and gasoline. Many people do, then they're surprised when they get burned. You see this every year with fireworks. People have bottle rocket fights like it's nothing. This is something that I would never recommend to anyone. It's completely dangerous and reckless, but people do it anyway. With that said, the Wuhan virus is not something that should put our lives on hold over. We should not reorganize every little bit of our lives because of it. This surprises me a bit though. I always knew people were sheepish, but this event has shown me that I underestimated just how sheepish people can be. Something that I do not make a habit of is using resources from Washington, particularly the Washington Post, but Cheryl Chumley of the Washington Times writes on April 28th of 2020 that the coronavirus hype is the biggest political hoax in history. She explains the facts are this. COVID-19 is a real disease that sickens some, proves fatal to others, mostly the elderly, and does nothing to the vast majority. That's not me speaking, folks. That's Miss Chumley, but she's absolutely correct. Bravo to her. One of the most important lessons that we have learned as a nation is that political correctness never fixes anything. Anything that it touches, it only makes worse. For example, because I do not accept just anything our government tries to sell, I'm labeled as a conspiracy theorist. Honestly, am I a conspiracy theorist? Do I push conspiracies? 
The answer is obviously no, absolutely not. But I do have a spirit that says not to trust just anything that I am sold. I have had people that I know personally ask me if I'm a conspiracy theorist. And on television, I have heard this phrase muttered more in the last few weeks than in the last few years combined. The term was created by the Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, as a way to debunk and or discredit anyone who tried to challenge the official narrative of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. By no means or measures am I a conspiracy theorist, but I have learned to question most anything that is sold by a governmental body or agency. We have to, and we've learned this the hard way. Old Hickory himself, President Andrew Jackson, explained it is to be regretted that the rich and powerful too often bend the acts of government to their own selfish purposes. Thomas Paine expressed his own concerns of government. Government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil. In its worst state, an intolerable one. And President Reagan knew the importance of a small government. As government expands, liberty contracts. President Reagan understood that in this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. The same is still true today. Further, Reagan reminded us that man is not free unless government is limited. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. Politicians and citizens love to quote President Reagan because he got it. He was simple in so many of his ways, but simplicity is what most people desire. Honestly, it is typically the best way to solve even the hardest of problems. Second John 1 and 10 tells us, If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. John 2 and 24 further tells us that, But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men. Miss Chumley explains that the facts are flimsy. She is unsure of what the real numbers are, and she is right to be skeptical. Dr. Deborah Birch has gone on the record stating that the numbers have been inflated and possibly by as much as 25%. Honestly, if she admits to this, who knows how inflated the numbers really are. Many, many medical doctors have come out and stated for the record that the virus is not as dangerous as the media is making it out to be. The death rate for the coronavirus, according to the CDC, as of August 10th of 2020, was 0.04%. To be more specific, there were 65,756,307 total tests performed, 59,867,907 of these tests were negative for a negative rate of 91%. 5,888,400 of these tests were positive for a 9% positive rate, and total deaths were 161,842 individuals. As a percentage, the death rate of positive tests was 2.75%, and in terms of negative tests, as a percentage was 0.25%. The total population of the United States is give or take 331 million citizens for a death rate of 0.04%. Therefore, the chances of not dying of the virus is 99.96%. Maybe you're asking yourself, why would our government and other world governments go along with such a scheme? The answer is simple, control. With control comes power. We see often when people are fearful, they search for answers, and the first place they look is to the government. While there is a place for government, the government presence in our lives must be limited. The current government presence in our life should be a reminder of how our big brother will soon become our overseer. Instead of someone who is there for us, government is there to ensure that we do as instructed. Think about all that we have been instructed to do. If this virus was as deadly or even half as deadly as we're being told, the same rules would be applied for all people. 
there would not be a certain set of rules for a group of people and then another set of rules for another group of people. If you're unsure of what I'm referring to, then let me explain. So imagine, if you will, a group of individuals so bent on taking back power that they would create a crisis situation out of a virus. This part you do not have to imagine because we are experiencing it right now. But if you're still buying into how potent the virus is, then think about the death rate from the CDC from August the 10th. That's less than two weeks ago. The study conducted by USC is from May, so it's only three months old. We are seeing a large group of people who do not question the shutting down of states across the country over a virus with a death rate as low as the coronavirus. Benjamin Franklin explained, any society that will give up a little liberty to gain a little security will deserve neither and lose both. John Adams gave us a stark reminder. Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. When President Trump announced that he was taking hydroxychloroquine, I knew that it would not be long that the new round of attacks from those in the media would be over hydroxychloroquine. Remember, the battle is not flesh and blood, but spiritual. Before we go any further into the program, this is a Christian program. We do not have a political agenda one way or the other regardless of who the president is. What matters above all else is the word of God. Any candidate or party that tries to do away with the Bible is in direct violation of what this program is for, and more so, what this country was founded upon. As Christians, we know that we are up against an enemy that sets out to kill, steal, and destroy. We have found an enemy that is smart enough to realize that people are their own worst enemy. They truly believe that those in charge care enough for them to tell them the truth. When it's been proven since the beginning of time that when man is given too much power over another group, freedom is something that a majority will never know. Right now, we are in a real battle between holding on to the freedoms that we still have left and seeing them evaporate. The enemy is allowing for free people to destroy themselves. One thing that we have learned since Donald Trump won the presidency is if the enemy is destroying themselves, don't interrupt them. Do not stop their destruction. Napoleon Bonaparte explained, never interrupt your enemy when he is making a mistake. Unfortunately, we are seeing a group of people sell a complete lie, but so many are taking the bait. I have personally witnessed so many good people tune into their local news stations or a cable news program and they are so glued to their sets when the anchors are talking about the coronavirus. I have a friend that calls me several times a month to discuss this and he keeps up with the numbers. He realizes that the numbers are stagnant but still believes the narrative that the virus is deadly. These well-meaning people cannot possibly see what is taking place. The officials in charge, and I'm not talking about just the politicians here in America, but those world leaders and organizations involved in ensuring that Donald Trump does not win re-election. Scripture reads, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken, are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 4-8 through 8. Think about what we are seeing unfold in our country, or think about what we have seen unfold in our country already. We have saw a group of people tell a larger group of people that they cannot go to church to worship God because of a possibility that they may get sick, but liquor stores remain open. I cannot attest to this everywhere, 
But here in Tennessee, they were open and they never shut down. Liquor is considered an essential, but not God. This is not done by mistake. It's not an accident, friends. This is something that was thought about and orchestrated for a very long time. This is something that was cooked up after the loss in 2016. Even before Trump was declared the winner, Politico was asking the question about Trump's presidency, about impeachment. Even before Trump was the official nominee back in April of 2016. On November 9, 2016, celebrities like Whoopi Goldberg said it's time to impeach the president. Go back and watch the tapes. The Washington Post called for the impeachment of a president that had just taken office. So as the transition of power took place, the Post called for the impeachment of a president based on nothing more than the loss of an election. We know this further by the words of Representative Al Green. We have to impeach him because otherwise he's going to win. If you think these things are accidental, then you're not paying attention. And this is exactly what these individuals in charge desire. They do not want people to know what is really going on. If you're new to the program, then you're probably unaware that I am that nerd that looks at all the data and information from different sources rather than taking one source as gospel. Unless, of course, it is the actual gospel. Sadly, this pandemic is all about the 2020 presidential election here in the United States. The virus is real, but the pandemic is not. So for further emphasis, let's look at how this virus compares with other viruses and disease in history. Think about what we have seen with the HIV virus. Medical News Today explains that since the early 1980s, more than 32 million people have lost their lives because of the virus. And as of 2018, there were 37.9 million people living with it. There was not one shutdown of one American city or state because of the HIV virus. Why now? Why the coronavirus? The Spanish flu of 1918 was a worldwide nightmare that killed 50 million people, estimated, might I add, worldwide and around 675,000 citizens here in the United States alone. According to contributor Tim Newman, there is a real difference between the Spanish flu and the string of flu that we are seeing now with the COVID-19 virus. COVID is more likely to take out an elderly individual, as already mentioned, who is sick, but the Spanish flu was more likely to kill a 25-year-old than a 74-year-old individual. Honestly, it is hard to put a number on those who have died because of the Wuhan virus as the results have been tempered with so often. A side note I want to mention is that calling the virus the Wuhan virus is not a racial statement. Some have suggested this, but it's no more racial than it was in the early 20th century with the Spanish flu or late 19th century with the Russian flu that between 1889 and 1890 killed more than 1 million people. The Hong Kong flu that killed another 1 million citizens between 1968 and 1970, or the Asian flu that killed another 1 million world citizens between 1957 and 1958. The names were generated from the places in which the virus originated, and honest, rational people understand this, but today, unlike in past events, there is a political motive attached. Now, let's turn our focus to the psychological aspect of this virus. This is something that so many have ignored, but it's a very important part to discuss. Josef Goebbels, Adolf Hitler's propaganda expert, explained that if you tell a lie, tell a big one. He also explained that a lie told once remains a lie, but a lie told a thousand times becomes the truth. Mr. Goebbels understood the mindset of man and reiterated this by exclaiming, there was no point in seeking to convert the intellectuals. Gobbles is discussed on this program often, not because he was a good person, because he was not, but rather the psychological aspect of most situations is where the argument or decision is won. In no way am I an intellectual, nor am I trying to sound like one, but far too many people are limited by their own worldview, or their worldview does not allow them to see something for what it truly is. Abraham Lincoln explained, I am not bound to succeed, but I am bound to live up to what light I have. 
The Army's motto is, be all that you can be, and I honestly believe that so many accept only a portion or half of their best. I know this because I was once there, and I have seen so many people limited by their mindset. There are so many good men and women across this country, as well as the world, who are limited not by their own inabilities, but their own desire and willingness to accept just anything they are told. The coronavirus is just one such example. For example, we are being told that a virus with a survival rate of 99.96% is deserving to shut down the entire country. In order to get better, however, we must stay at home and not go to church or to work or to the gym. The emphasis is put on staying inside the home, not because we are made better, but rather our immune systems are unable to become stronger. What is being sold is if we stay at home, then we do not spread the virus or we are preventing the spread of it. But what is not being told is that our immune systems are being made weaker. What is our immune system and what does it do? Medical News Today explains that our immune system is essential for our survival. Without an immune system, our bodies would be open to attack from bacteria, viruses, parasites, and more. It is our immune system that keeps us healthy as we drift through a sea of pathogens. John Hopkins Medicine explains that the immune system protects your child's body from outside invaders such as bacteria, viruses, fungi, and toxins. Those are the chemicals produced by microbes. It is made up of different organs, cells, and proteins that work together. There are two main parts of the immune system, the innate immune system, which you are born with, and the adaptive immune system, which you develop when your body is exposed to microbes or chemicals released by microbes. These two immune systems work together. Going a bit deeper, Linda Getz, on May 21st, 2020, writes for the BBC that humans evolved on a planet with a 24-hour cycle of light and dark, and our bodies are set up to work in partnership with sunlight. One of the most obvious examples of this is the production of vitamin D in the skin in response to UVB exposure. This daily dose of vitamin D can help to strengthen our bones and teeth, but it also has an effect on our immune cells. She goes on to explain that researchers are now investigating whether vitamin D supplements could even reduce the risk of some of the severe complications associated with COVID-19. Earlier this month, Rose Kinney, a gerontologist at Trinity College in Dublin, and her colleagues published data suggesting that European populations with the highest death rates from COVID-19 including Spain and Italy, have the lowest levels of vitamin D. This may sound counterintuitive, given their sunny climates, but it is thought that changes in lifestyle have led people to spend more time indoors, which combined with greater use of sunscreen in these countries may be responsible for the lower levels of vitamin D. What we are experiencing here is a case of information warfare. All the information that I have provided throughout this program can be found and accessed by anyone. Those in charge of giving instructions and implementing the orders know all this information and they know it very well. It is not that they disagree with anything within this program, whether said by Mrs. Geds or any other source, but rather they want people inside so they cannot fight off the virus. They want people to get sick and they want people to remain sick so the next part of their plan can be implemented, the vaccine. They want people sick so they will look to the government for the solution. This is very much the same situation with what we saw with President Lyndon Johnson and what he did with the Great Society. He created a loyal group of voters, mainly with poorer individuals, particularly from the black community, by giving people just enough to survive off of. Survival is about all that can happen on government dependence, and this is not me talking, this is data and evidence. There is hard evidence for this, but this is not the program to discuss the situation. But I have given people data and information pertaining to this topic and was met with a very pessimistic attitude. 
this group of people did not want to hear what I had to say with what evidence revealed, but wanted to continue on with what they had been brainwashed to believe. A few of the people even mocked me because I kept bringing them numbers and facts. This is one more example of what Mr. Goebbels was explaining by telling a lie over and over. So many people have been told the same lie over and over that they believe it. They believe it to the point where there is no questioning it. And if you do question it, guess what? You're the conspiracy theorist. You're the whack job. However, many of these same people say that they are Christians, but they question nearly everything that God says. So try to rationalize that one. Baseball is 90% mental and the other half is physical. This is what baseball great Yogi Berra once explained. And when you think about life, life is 90% mental. That's right. Life is mostly mental. When we think about all the problems that we go through, a majority of our problems are psychological. When we hurt, it's the mental part that keeps bugging us. The physical pain ends, but the emotional part may never subside. We hold on to so much of the things that we should let go of, which bogs us down even more. The elites making the decision understand this, which is why they keep repeating the same lie over and over. In this case, it's the coronavirus. There is no longer any reason to be shut down. And even when most of the country began to reopen, Several states began shutting back down again. Why is that? The coronavirus has been cited as the reason why so many Americans were told to stay at home. We were told not to go to church, to the gym, to the grocery store without a mask. Many were told not to go to work. Some still are not allowed to go back to the beach or even gather together in large groups of people but are allowed to go out in large gatherings and riots and loots in the city streets. We're not talking about peaceful protesting here, folks. We're talking about vandalism. In doing so, the coronavirus is somehow not contagious to other people. This seems a bit much to me as though it's fabricated. The Wall Street Journal's commentary section from June the 5th of 2020 explains how politicians shutter churches and synagogues then tolerate riots, explaining how congregating in public is now a privilege extended to political activists, but denied to the devout. The article cites a reporter from the Orthodox Jewish newspaper, Hemodaya, asking New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, are we in a pandemic or not? Further, the reporter shares the same skepticism and concern of so many other Americans, asking, and do we have one set of rules for protesters and another for everyone else? This reporter shares the same concerns that I do. So I'm not the conspiracy theorist. In fact, there is much more to the story than meets the eye. Again, think about the things that Americans have been told to do as well as not to do. Social distancing is one of those things that we have been told to do. It's one measure that has been implemented in many places, including businesses. Social distancing is said to be an effective tool against the virus, but I have yet to see any study or report that actually reveals this. Going back to the findings by Mrs. Geds about how staying out of the sun and being cooped up all day in the house is dangerous to our immune system. It would seem that social distancing would be another scheme to control people. Maybe you're asking yourself, why would medical experts tell people to stay in their homes, knowing all too well that this is not good for us? Let's talk about the psychological aspect of the equation. A medical professional tells us to do something which ideally would be advice that we could trust without any hesitation. But as we have learned, this is not the case. This is rarely the case, in fact. There are too many medical professionals who purposely lie because they benefit from it. I have done different segments about Dr. Anthony Fauci for this program, and the man is a walking contradiction. He says one thing one day, then changes his opinion or diagnosis depending on which way the political wind is blowing. 
the good doctor says that we can trust him based on his track record. But I'm looking at what he has done since the beginning of the year, and I'm not impressed with what I'm seeing. His track record is not good, but this is what happens when there is a political motive involved. On previous programs, we have discussed the good doctor and his mistakes and outright lies. So we do not want to go back into them again. But for this program, I do want to point out some concerns that we should all have with the good doctor. He has made several statements that are alarming, including the virus was not going to be a threat to the United States and that masks were not necessary. All of a sudden, though, he changed his tune and he did so rather quickly. Mistakes happen. I get it. I make them all the time. I make them on this program. But when you're trying to sink a presidential re-election, actions like this are no longer a mistake, but they're intentional. I want to point out that Dr. Fauci did warn that President Trump would face some type of pandemic all the way back in 2017. Then all of a sudden, in 2020, right as the political season is really beginning to heat up, the coronavirus hits. It gets better than that. Come to find out, Dr. Fauci was back in funding to a Wuhan Institute of Virology lab. Newsweek reports that Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease gave out $7.4 million to this particular lab. Ask yourself this question. How would Fauci know about a surprise outbreak two and a half to three years before it took place if he was not somehow involved with it? Think about that. Imagine, if you will, Dr. Fauci supporting the lab in Wuhan. Wuhan is where the virus was created. The virus spreads across the world, and then here in the United States, Dr. Fauci is put in charge. The New Yorker has labeled Dr. Fauci as America's doctor. Dr. Fauci is the one who stated that the American economy should shut down, explaining that shutdown orders should be in place across the United States. He has also stated that people should wear masks before he said they should not wear masks, and he is in favor of a mask mandate now. What I find really strange is when asked by Congressman of Ohio, Jim Jordan, about the riots, he would not answer whether or not they should continue on. Fauci gives a half-hearted answer of crowding together, particularly when you're not wearing a mask contributes to the spread of the virus. Then he plays dumb, as though he does not understand what Jordan is asking him, stating, I'm not sure what you mean. The next step for Fauci is to demean the question, I don't think that's relevant. Then the good doctor tries to limit his position by stating, I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. This has never stopped Fauci before, whether he's saying there's nothing to worry about, or that we should shut the country down, or trying to discredit the president, trying to instate a mass mandate, and on and on. Congressman Jordan agreed, saying, well, you make all kinds of recommendations, adding, I'm just asking you, should we try to limit the protesting? Even when you ask people in charge of the virus and how it's handled, you do not get a straightforward answer unless it fits the political narrative. Honestly, this reminds me of John Kerry back in 2004 when he ran against President George W. Bush. He explained that he voted for the Iraq war before he voted against it. He was in favor of it before he was against it. These were his famous words. He explained later that it is better to have talked wrongly about the war than it was to wrongly execute the war. To me, it's pretty clear from Fauci's track record that he is both wrong in his statements and the way he has executed his actions against the virus. Former mayor of New York City and current member of President Trump's legal team, Rudy Giuliani, explained to Red State back in 2014, the Obama administration prohibited the United States from giving money to any laboratory, including in the United States, that was fooling around with these viruses. Prohibited. Despite that, Dr. Fauci gave $3.7 million to the Wuhan laboratory. And then, even after the State Department issued reports about how unsafe that laboratory was, 
and how suspicious they were in the way they were developing a virus that could be transmitted to humans, we never pulled that money, unquote. My question is, why is President Obama even involved in this? The idea that a cover-up would exist with the coronavirus is getting stronger and stronger. As we know, President Obama was involved in the infamous Spygate scandal, where he not only spied on private citizens, including then-candidate Donald Trump, but he was also spying on President-elect Donald Trump and anyone connected with the President-elect. LJ Keith writes for the Kick Them All Out project on May 17th of 2020 that there was an Obama-Clinton coup attempt that decimating the peaceful transition of power. Before we go any further, let me clear a few things up. The Sun Magazine, Newsweek, The New York Post, and 93.1 FM, WIBC in Indianapolis, which is owned by MS Communications and broadcasts a talk radio format, has the money to the laboratory at the $7.4 million amount, or as Giuliani puts it at $3.7 million. Both of these numbers are real figures, and these are real stories. The deep state or swamp were seriously corrupt, and never did they think that they were ever going to be found out. They never thought that Hillary Clinton would lose to Donald Trump in 2016, but when she did, they knew that Trump would bring them down. So they have done everything in their power to ensure that he is not only ridiculed and mocked, but that he is ultimately defeated. The impeachment fiasco is just one example. Regardless of how hard they tried, they were unable to tie him to any crime or wrongdoing, whether it was Russia or Ukraine. In fact, the more they dug, the more corruption from the deep state was discovered. Fauci was just one part of this plan. Because we do not have a fair and independent media, for the most part anyway, so much of this information will be new for so many. There is a real connection between Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates, but they are just two cogs in a corrupt system that goes much deeper than any of us ever knew. These two men are in charge of not only selling fear to the American people, but scaring the world into submission. Of course, they were unable to do this on their own, especially considering Donald Trump is the president. He has not gone along with any of their corrupt game, so they have had to come up with plans to defeat him. Their survival literally depends on him being out of office. One step in ensuring that he leaves office was to create a virus so fearful, note the word fearful rather than deadly, that people would fall in line to everything they were instructed to do. This did work for a short while, but only for a short while. People grew tired and weary of being told of what to do, especially when they realized that these things were not working. People wanted to live their lives rather than submit to their orders. The deep state had to come up with another plan. We are now seeing racial tensions at an all-time high simply because people are being told there is a problem. They are also being told that the solution to the problem is violence. There are many people in the city streets being allowed to burn down both private and public properties. This is an orchestrated effort to detour people's attentions from what is truly going on. President Trump is in the midst of bringing down the deep state, but the enemy always fights back, and they fight back hard. Everything listed within this program is true, and there has been enough evidence provided for each step of their plan. Many of these things were once thought of as conspiracies, but as I have learned, yesterday's conspiracies have become today's realities. When we talk in terms of masks, even our own government has issued warnings that they do not work. The Surgeon General has explained that these masks are ineffective against the virus and its spread, and many other top doctors and medical experts have done the same. The coronavirus narrative led to most all states shutting down, which nearly crashed the economy. We saw the stock market go as low as under 17,000 for the first time since President Trump took office. But when states were allowed to open even halfway back up, 
the stock market began to really take off again. At one time, unemployment numbers for all races were at all-time lows, and wages were going up. Confidence in the market and the American economy was booming. We were oil independent for the first time in a long time, and there was no stopping the highs that we were reaching except for the coronavirus fear. FDR once said, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. We saw massive unemployment numbers and Americans lose their jobs. The shutdowns did more harm to the American people as suicide rates increased drastically. Substance emotional abuses also increased because people were losing their livelihood. Depression is real, folks. And when these individuals killed off the American economy for their political gains, they killed so much more than just jobs, but they took many lives with them. Sadly, none of this is conspiracy and has been documented time and time again. There is a lot at play surrounding the coronavirus, so to understand the situation a bit better, let's dig deeper into our research. Before the pandemic hit the United States, we were already witnessing disturbing trends in depression and substance abuse, but the COVID-19 pandemic has only made things worse. We are still experiencing much pain and anxieties because of what the virus has done. Sinhaya Raymond explains in Roll Call on August 5th of 2020 that the nation's suicide rate reached historic highs prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, with rates at the highest level since World War II. She explains that economic and social pressures this year have heightened the risks, worrying experts, health officials, and lawmakers. Ms. Raymond further explains that suicide mortality rates that were rising over the past two decades combined with the current pandemic are a perfect storm, as found a study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association in April. The study found that factors include economic stress, social isolation, reduced access to religious services, overall national anxiety, increased firearm sales, and increases in health care provider suicides. American Psychiatric Association President Jeffrey Geller explains, we have people now who don't know how to feed their family, who have not had that thought for a very long time. That's different than the last recession. Further, Mr. Geller explains, there are masses of people who are quite worried today because they don't know what is going to happen to their benefits. That kind of anxiety exacerbates fragility. What we learn here is that the damage as a result of the coronavirus is much greater felt emotionally and psychologically than it is physical, but these pains lead to physical actions such as substance abuse and or suicide. The CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report reveals that during late June of 2020, 40% of U.S. adults reported struggling with mental health or substance abuse. Symptoms of anxiety disorder and depressive disorder increased considerably in the United States during April through June of 2020 as compared with the same period in 2019. As a way to assess mental health, substance abuse, and suicidal ideation during the pandemic, representative panel surveys were conducted among adults aged 18 years or older across the United States during the week of June 24th through the 30th of 2020. Overall, 40.9% of respondents reported at least one adverse mental or behavioral health condition, including symptoms of anxiety disorder or depressive disorder at 30.9%, symptoms of trauma and stress-related disorder or TSRD related to the pandemic at 26.3%, and having started or increased substance use to cope with stress or emotions related to COVID-19 at 13.3 percent. Another example of an effort to keep people distracted is cancel culture. Honestly, I do not like this term and neither does best-selling author Larry Elder. Mr. Elder is also a syndicated columnist and radio show host and refers to cancel culture as revenge culture simply because everything that is being canceled is as a result of people wanting revenge. 
Mr. Elder explains that revenge culture demands reparations from those who were never slave owners to be given to those who were never slaves. This sounds about right as people hold on to the past for all the wrong reasons, while at the same time wanting to get rid of the past for all the wrong reasons. I think what we can learn from this is that so many people are just backwards in their thinking. And I realize that cancel culture did not begin with the coronavirus, but it made its way into the headlines, which was just another way to take people away from what was really going on. Instead of us talking about how pedophilia rings were being brought down and pedophiles were being taken down, we were discussing the canceling of the classical movie Gone with the Wind. The movie was removed from an HBO movie channel because of its setting in the Old South. The movie depicted how life used to be in a time that no longer exists. Maybe I'm wrong, but from my understanding, this is what happens as the calendar changes. Society moves along. Customs and traditions change. In doing away with Gone with the Wind, Hattie McDaniel's accomplishments were also diminished. She was the first black woman to win an Oscar, as she did so in 1940 for her role as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. Miss McDaniels was not just the first black woman to win an Oscar, but she was the first black person to ever do so. She was a trendsetter. And this is something that I would think more people would want to celebrate, but again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I missed something. But I must be honest, before this event made its way into the headlines earlier this year, I had never heard the phrase cancel culture muttered. Colonel Allen West said it best that history is not there for us to like, but to learn from. When we wipe out something that we do not like, all we're doing is ensuring that some of the things will happen again. I suppose that it will not be long before these programs will be just a thing of the past or gone with the wind because there are far too many people who do not like God or the fact that people worship him. If you do not believe me, then look at the radicals at the DNC who removed any mention or idea of God from their last two conventions. Do not try to tell me that this did not happen because I directly remember in 2016 when a vote was held at the DNC whether or not to keep God in their platform. I remember seeing a Muslim couple, a man and a woman, who were directly against God in their platform and were happy that it was scrapped. This is a shame because God is just a position. Saying God could refer to any particular God. So looking at this issue from a much bigger perspective, this should worry anyone who votes Democrat and considers themselves religious. Obviously, the upper heads of the DNC are anti-God and so are their policies. So for anyone who is religious but considers themselves a Democrat should take heed this warning because they are blindly being led to the slaughter. This should come as no surprise to anyone because this is what socialism does. Religion and socialism cannot coexist because one's loyalty is not to God but to the governmental body in control. This is the Karl Marx philosophy being implemented into society. Socialism is simply communism in disguise. The Democrat Party, a major political party here in the United States, has embraced socialism head on. And a large portion of the younger generation has begun to flirt with different ideas of socialism. Karl Marx, the Communist Manifesto author, explained how the first requisite for the happiness of the people is the abolition of religion. Currently, the Democrat ticket, and it is subject to change, is made up of the two most radical politicians ever on a single ticket. And this is not good for any person who considers themselves a moderate Democrat or a religious person. The coronavirus may be the best example of how extreme the Democratic left is. Not only do these politicians want power, but they will do so at any means necessary to get it. There is nothing they will stop at. Tucker Carlson of Fox News explains the people responsible for doing all of this say they have no regrets about it. We face a global calamity. They say COVID-19 was the worst pandemic since the Spanish flu. That flu killed 50 million people. He is absolutely correct that those responsible for all the carnage and chaos are not concerned 
with what they have done. Dr. Fauci has gone on record stating that he does not regret any recommendation that he has made because at the time that it was made, it was right. Do you understand what the good doctor is actually saying? He understands that most everything that he has said has been wrong. He admits that. He admits that he was wrong. But he does not regret having shut down the country or caused the lives of many Americans because at the time that he gave the advice, he considered it to be correct, although it has been proven time and time again to be wrong. How arrogant is the man? This is the ultimate example of an egotist. Mr. Carlson goes on to add that they told us we had no choice. We did the right thing. But he asked, is it true? He adds, the answer to that question matters, not because the truth always matters, but because the credibility of our leaders is at stake here. This is the biggest decision they have ever made in our lifetimes. They were able to make it. They rule because we let them. Their power comes from us. And the short answer is this. Yes, they were definitely lying. In case you believe that Mr. Carlson is just a partisan and his analysis based on bias, then take the advice of Dr. Dan Erickson and Dr. Artin Masahi, who agree with Mr. Carlson. Dr. Erickson and Dr. Masahi are two prominent medical doctors from California who own seven accelerated urgent care facilities in Kern County, California. Earlier this year, they called for the country to open back up. Both doctors looked at the information available and realized that the lockdowns were no longer necessary. Perhaps in the beginning, but according to the data, the shutdowns were no longer necessary. Dr. Erickson explained that lockdown versus non-lockdown did not produce a statistically different number of deaths. That is the bottom line. Dr. Erickson further explained that millions of cases, a small number of deaths. These statements were released in late April and we are now nearing September. So we've known for, about this for months, four months. This tells me that people were not listening either because they ignored what was right in front of them or they did not care. I report, you decide. For the remainder of our program, I would like to spend it discussing the data and statistics that are available related to the COVID-19 virus and explore what medical doctors really think about the virus. Remember, not all medical doctors think along the same lines, so let's explore a bit deeper. Nearly a month after letting the country know that the shutdowns were no longer necessary, Dr. Erickson found his name back in the spotlight in late May with more interesting findings. Please note that the good doctor's analysis is not based on opinion or bias, but data. Dr. Erickson explains what we know medically is that 99.5 to 99.7% of individuals exposed to COVID-19 have little or no symptoms. He adds that USC and Stanford University, which are research institutions, back our data. He goes on to add, I would love to see the science that shows kids should stay home. They are at home based on an academic model that is widely inaccurate. We should do policy based on scientific principles and not academic models. Dr. Erickson and Dr. Masahi both have tested their very own patients for the COVID-19 virus and have studied the data that's available extensively so they understand the situation well. They do not have a political agenda or personal motive involved, so there is no reason why we should not trust their analysis. Dr. Erickson adds, now that we have the facts, it's time to get back to work. Speaking of workplaces, many of these workplaces have required that their employees and customers wear cloth masks as a way to prevent the spread of the virus. In theory, this may sound good, I suppose, but in reality, the masks do not work. However, in reality, the masks do not do anything to stop the spread of the virus. Lisa Brosu, a doctor of science, explains that what we're seeing is a lot of magical thinking, a lot of wishful thinking, cloth masks are wishful thinking. Dr. Brosu 
writes in a research paper conducted with her colleague, Margaret Sasitsma, that we do not recommend requiring the general public who do not have symptoms of COVID-19-like illness to routinely wear cloth or surgical masks. On February 29, 2020, Surgeon General Jerome Adams said in a tweet, Seriously, people, stop buying masks. They are not effective in preventing the spread of coronavirus. And Dr. Anthony Fauci said in March that there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. I wonder what changed, doctor? Hmm. Author and retired neurosurgeon Dr. Russell Blaylock gives us this warning. By wearing a mask, the exhaled viruses will not be able to escape and will concentrate in the nasal passages, enter the olfactory nerves, and travel into the brain. Dr. Blaylock also provides, now that we have established that there is no scientific evidence necessitating the wearing of a face mask for prevention, are there dangers to wearing a face mask, especially for long periods? Several studies have indeed found significant problems with wearing such a mask. This can vary from headaches to increased airway resistance, carbon dioxide accumulation to hypoxia, all the way to serious life-threatening complications. Dr. Blaylock writes on May 11th of 2020, they found that about a third of the workers developed headaches with use of the mask. Most had pre-existing headaches that were worsened by the mask wearing and 60% required pain medications for relief. As to the cause of the headaches, while straps and pressure from the mask could be causative, the bulk of the evidence points toward hypoxia and or hypercapnia as the cause. That is a reduction in blood oxygenation or hypoxia or an elevation in blood CO2 or hypercapnia. It is known that the N95 mask, if worn for hours, can reduce blood oxygenation as much as 20%, which can lead to a loss of consciousness as happened to the helpless fellow driving around alone in his car wearing an N95 mask, causing him to pass out and to crash his car and sustain injuries. I am sure that we have several cases of elderly individuals or any person with poor lung functioning passing out, hitting their head. This, of course, can lead to death. Before we go, I want to talk about the idea of self-isolation or quarantine, self-quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Self-isolation can actually compromise the immune system and otherwise healthy people. We discussed this a bit earlier when we talked about going outside as compared to not going outside. Dr. Erickson explains that the immune system is actually built by exposure to pathogens and that coming in contact with viruses and bacteria that are in the environment helps fires the body's system for fighting infection. The normal flora, or those good germs that we have in us and on us at all time, drop when we isolate ourselves. In terms of being told where we can and cannot go, there is no scientific evidence that says it is safer to go to a place much larger than to a place much smaller. If we can go to Walmart and shop for our groceries, why can't we go to a small restaurant for lunch? Both doctors, Dr. Erickson and Masahi, explain that the current guidelines are not based on rational thinking. And I have been stating this from the very beginning and they think that people should absolutely be spending more time outside. Dr. Masahi repeats the findings that keeping people indoors can cause vitamin D deficiencies, which further impact immune functions and can cause a depressed mood. Last but certainly not least is an issue that is important to me because I do not feel that this issue has been highlighted enough. Dr. Erickson explains that a vast majority of people who die as a result of COVID-19 die with COVID-19, not from COVID-19. He said after viewing hundreds of autopsies in his career, 
people rarely die for one reason. He explains that a body that has been weakened by chronic disease is not able to fight off infection. He compares this to deaths with the flu, and most often it is just one of a number of illnesses a patient is suffering with. Dr. Erickson leaves us with these encouraging and hopeful words. Show me the data so we can reason together. I have talked to the greatest minds I could find around the world, and what they say is, be sensible, do what you would do with the flu, and carry on with your lives. Unfortunately, we cannot carry on with this show as we are out of time, but I thank you for joining me. I ask you to please check us out on social media, and do not forget to look me up, particularly on YouTube, at Billy Ray Parish. I am Billy Ray Parish, and this has been another installment of Imagine If You Will for God's Gospel Radio Ministry. Until next time, stay safe and God bless. And as always, God bless America.